Hello, heathens. I'm Megan Angus, and this is Spinning the Wheel Podcast. In this weekly audio ritual, we explore the eight seasons of the witch's wheel of the year, and we discover how it is so much more than eight sabbats. We weirding witches time travel through holy days, festivals, and celestial events connecting our celebrations and magic to the past, present, and future. Our cackling fills the night as we take our turn gathering the wool, wielding the distaff, and spinning the wheel. Hey folks, welcome back to Spinning the Wheel Podcast with me, your finally reigned upon host, Megan Angus. My God, Uh, up here in Seattle, we've gone uh, like 700 years without rain is what it feels like. It it hasn't been that long, but it's been far too long. Uh, It's been very smoky up here. We finally got some rain. It's really fantastic. Uh, The downside is uh, the new owners of our building that I live in have decided that they don't want to turn the heat on for our building. And I'm going to go ahead and blast them here in the public arena. Um, So, you know, highs and lows, right? That's kind of what life is all about these days. (laughs) Uh, This week... um, uh, this is going to be a shorty. I know I always say that, but I, I think it really actually is going to be kind of a shorty because our next Wheel of the Year Sabbath class is coming up this week. And so a lot of the stuff that I would normally be talking about in this podcast, we are going to talk about in the class. Um, so on that note, let's talk about the upcoming classes that I have because I have a lot of upcoming classes and I would love to see you there. Uh, October 25th, that's this coming Tuesday, we have The Fool's Journey. This is a really deep dive into the Major Arcana in Tarot. Um, this is not an introduction to the Major Arcana. This is like a continuing education in Major Arcana and uh, specifically some of the sacred pathways um that lead to more esoteric understanding of what's going on with the major arcana cards. I love teaching this class. Um, I feel like it kicks open a lot of doors for people. There's a lot of aha moments. It's pretty cool. Okay. Then on Thursday, October 27th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, we have our six-week guide to Pagan New Year, a.k.a. Samhain, a.k.a. Third Harvest, a.k.a. The Blood Harvest. That's right. Uh, It will be officially spooky season. This is our... um, foray into the underworld journey uh, for pagans, witches, and heathens around the world, or at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, Looking forward to that. That is going to be a live stream on my YouTube channel. I will also have it posted on my website if you want to join us in chat come hang out with us on YouTube. Um, And for everyone who is subscribed to my Patreon at the Venus level and higher, you will also get access to the 20-page workbook that goes along with this uh, class. There is an eight-week calendar. There are prayers. There's recipes for incense. There's ritual suggestions and altar-building exercises and all kinds of cool stuff in there. These workbooks have been handcrafted. Uh, I've been working on them since 2015. Um, And so every year there's some changes, there's some additions, some some subtractions, some things that, you know, uh, I edit per year, all of that stuff. Um, 
Come and join us for that. That's our next big class that's coming up for the Wheel of the Year stuff. Then on November 5th, I have a Tarot and Astrology. This is kind of a 101 introduction to the connections between Tarot and Astrology. But and also, we are going to take a look at how to look at your natal chart through the lens of Tarot, which can be very elucidating. <laughs> this is another class I really love teaching. This is a, on a Saturday. It's a three-hour class. It's a bit longer because there's a lot to go over. On uh, November 6th, on Sunday, November 6th, in conjunction with Rainbow Remedies, I am offering an altar building class. This is the basics of altar building, history of altars, how to tend your altar, um, uses for altars, and all of that good stuff. Um, that's on a sliding scale. 10% of your ticket is going to go to Real Rent Duwamish. We love to pay rent up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, looking forward to that. Okay. Then uh, November 8th, I have a class on reversals and working with uh, reversals in tarot um, and all of the different ways that we can kind of work with the metaphor of reversed cards in tarot. It's, it's comprehensive. I'll say that. I mean, I don't think I have to say that, but I will say that. <laughs> um, on November 15th, we have Tarot Helpers, um, and this is a workshop that is focused on other stuff that we can add to our tarot practice to assist us in our work. So working with crystals and essential oils and colors and mantras and sound and all of that good stuff. Um, and then on November 17th, we have our next tarot circle coming up. Um, this is a community building workshop that I host every month for all of my patrons. It is free for anyone who is a, a subbed patron. Um, and I don't know what I'm talking about this week or this month on this next coming. I, I don't know what I'm talking about at all, honestly. <laughs> but I don't know what we're going to cover in this upcoming tarot circle. So if you have suggestions or if you have questions or something that you would like to uh, talk about, send me a massage or a message or both because I'm a little tense these days. And then uh, last tarot workshop of the year is going to be on November 22nd. And this is how to talk so tarot listens and how to listen when tarot talks. Uh, this class is focused on asking better questions to get the most out of your tarot readings. This has been a um, highly requested class. So I'm excited to offer this. And then our last class of the year is going to be December 12th. Um, that is the wheel of the year yule class focused on winter solstice i know that's a little ways out but it's gonna get here faster than you think it is and then uh i'm not gonna have anything else for the rest of the year that's it that's the last class of the year so be there and be square right why not <laughs> Uh, you can get information on my website about basically all of these classes sign up uh, join us. Love to see you in class. Um, there's links to join my Patreon as well if you are wanting to get the workbook for the Wheel of the Year classes or sign up for Tarot Circle or what have you. Okay. Um, I think that that is more or less all that I wanted to talk about for that stuff. So let us get grounded in what it is that we are talking about this week. This is... Um, what is this? What are we doing this week? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Uh, Mabin, fall equinox season, new moon in Scorpio slash eclipse. 
Lunar Week 38. And this is officially our last week of Mabin season or fall equinox season. And this week also ushers us into Samhain or Samhain season. Um, so again, we're not going to go too hard on stuff because uh, we are about to cover a whole bunch of this stuff in the upcoming Wheel of the Year class. Um, okay, so... When we are doing our Mabin work, which we are about to let go of, we are really focused on stuff like harvest, rest uh, after harvest, um, transformation and transition, purification after that labor, uh, atonement, things along those lines. Um, and because we kind of have a foot in both Sabbaths this week, let me also say this, our major themes uh, for our witches' work as we step into Samhain season focus on things like life, death, and rebirth, fate, and our ancestors. And ancestors can be living, well, not living, but, you know, recently dead or distant dead, um, and, uh, and so there's a little bit of emphasis on all of that stuff this week. That being said, I, uh, as I said last week, I'm kind of encouraging us to sort of take a week off a little bit, as it were, from our witchery and our work, because we've got this relatively spicy new moon in Scorpio slash solar eclipse situation coming up. So that's first what I really want to talk about here. And I'm going to go over the rest of the astrology for the week. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the holy days of this week, but not too much. Again, we're going to cover it in class. Okay. So this upcoming new moon that we have on Tuesday, the 25th is exactly at two degrees of Scorpio. It's two degrees and a zero, zero minutes. It's literally two degrees of Scorpio. And that hits at 3.48 a.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day for everybody else around the planet. Um, our moon heads into Scorpio at 12.18 a.m. And then it is exactly new at two degrees of Scorpio at 3.48 a.m. Um, and this is our... First new moon after the sun has entered Scorpio. That's happened, you know, just a couple days ago. Um, and, well, I should say uh, that is happening October 23rd. This new moon is taking place October 25th. And um, this is also our first new moon in Scorpio since Pluto has stationed direct. So it's kind of heavy. We also have... Um, who else is here? We have Virgo, or excuse me, we have Venus in Scorpio. We have Mercury in Scorpio. So the Scorpio vibes are like heavy duty. Um, well, we don't have Scorpio. Blah, blah, blah. We don't have Mercury in Scorpio yet. <laughs> um, it will be in Scorpio Saturday, the 29th. Um, but this week, basically. So there's a big old pile up right at the beginning of Scorpio. And first and foremost, you might take a look at your natal chart and just look at where is the beginning of Scorpio in your chart? What house is that connected to? Do you have any planetary placements near the beginning of Scorpio? 
all of that good stuff because this portion of your life is going to get a big wallop. <laughs> That's probably the, the most diplomatic way to put it. Um, you know, as I've talked about previously on the podcasts, I, I have a, a variety of attitudes when it comes to the eclipses and eclipse season, um, because I think that sometimes, some of the time, eclipses can be really interesting things to work with if we have girded our loins appropriately, you know, <laughs> right? Like this isn't something to just go frolicking into because when we look back through uh, astrological tradition and magical tradition and witchcraft tradition, eclipses, generally speaking, are things that most magical folks don't fuck with. They don't mess with them. Um, traditionally, eclipses were seen as bad, bad luck, a bad omen, um, because these are the great luminaries of our life, the moon and the sun, and they're being blocked out. Their power, their energy, their protection, their guidance is being blocked or impeded or halted or interrupted in some way. And the majority of the magical traditions that are out there are like, that's not good. And so people would work to appease whatever this force was that was able to come into our reality and interrupt our gods, right? That's that's really kind of the metaphor that we're working with here. And, you know, all of that given, we in the modern era can also apply a scientific understanding to what is happening. Uh, we know that the planets are not going away. They're not being interrupted. They're not being stopped from what they're doing. We simply just can't see them for a while. And one of the side effects of that is that things that are normally blocked out or um, impeded themselves, I guess, really, by the light of the sun or the moon are revealed. It's easier to see stuff uh, because we don't have the sun shining in our face. We don't have the moon shining in our face. And... And so some folks in the modern era, and again, I, you know, big old asterisk right there. I'm sure you can hear it in the tone of my voice, big asterisk in what, what we're talking about. Some folks, some of the time when it comes to uh, eclipses in the modern era are like, hey, this is a really interesting opportunity to work with the moon it's in all of its phases in just a few hours. Or the sun in all of its aspects, uh, you know, spring, summer, fall, and winter um, in its strongest parts and its weakest parts, as you might say, uh, all in just a, the course of a few hours, right? And that's that's an interesting way to look at it. I think that's a cool idea to work with. Again, if you feel comfortable with that and also if you have taken the, the necessary precautions. Um, but and, I do wholeheartedly believe that there are some eclipses that are just a little too spicy, right? <laughs> They're the ghost peppers of eclipses, and we just are going to be better off to not fuck with them. Um, and this eclipse feels like that. Um, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of funkiness in the air right now. There's a lot of heaviness in the air right now. And we have a lot of really gnarly, tense, and intense world events taking place in real time in our actual lived physical reality. We don't even need an eclipse to say, hey, 
the good, the positive, the progressive is being interrupted, is being impeded and inhibited in some way by some, you know, unholy, evil, bad, unseen force. And if you've listened to me on these podcasts, if you have worked with me in my classes or worked with me as a client, you know that I kind of shy away from using words like that because um, good and evil are very relative, you know, and and uh, positive and negative are very, very relative a lot of the time. But there are, you know, moments where there it's pretty clear what the appropriate behavior is, right? And generally speaking, war, not the appropriate behavior for humans. Uh, nuclear holocaust, not the appropriate behavior. The subjugation of women and femmes, not the appropriate behavior. So, you know, in those times, if we're thinking about the metaphor of an eclipse, we can see in these places around the world where the good, the right, um, the blessed is being interrupted, impeded, held back. Um, and the thing that should be a benefit to us as a species, the thing that should be our power source, you know, as a collective, we are, we our connection to that thing is interrupted. And this solar eclipse, I think really sits within that idea. So in this solar eclipse, um, we have, uh, the moon, and the sun at exactly two degrees of Scorpio. And hugged up on those two, we have Mercury at 22 degrees of Libra on one side. And on the other side, we have Venus also at two degrees and 39 minutes. So they're not exactly the same place, but more or less. And then we also have the South Node in Scorpio at 13 degrees. Um, and this is side note from the scientist uh, perspective. This is why we're having an eclipse here. The eclipses always fall wherever the nodes are. So whatever moons we have, new moon, full moon, whatever moons we have that are the closest to the nodes are going to be where the eclipse window opens and closes. Um, and they always come in pairs. And so this is the first of the pair. The second of the pair is going to come in two weeks when we have our full moon in Taurus. There's going to be a, a lunar eclipse that night. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit in class, but also, you know, next, next, next week. But it's a lot of pressure on this particular eclipse. You know, Mercury wants to think about it and wants to talk about it. Um, Venus wants to vibe on it and wants to like feel cool about it. And, um, and the South node is like, what spooky shit can I bring into that mix? And what, you know, weird stuff am I holding on to? And, you know, what funky stuff from the past can I bring up on that? Um, you know, how much weirder can I make that? Right. And then if we look around the sky and we see what else is going on with this, just looking at who is aspecting the moon, we have Mars at 25 degrees of Gemini trining this moon, and we have Pluto at 26 degrees of Capricorn squaring this moon. Mars and Pluto, of course, being the ancient and the modern planetary rulers of Scorpio. So the two planets that really have something to say about Scorpio are both aspecting this Scorpio moon. And a square from Pluto is always tough. It's never exciting. Well, sometimes it's exciting, but I don't know that we would always want to use that word specifically. Um, but it's, it's hard. 
Um, Pluto brings in intensity from the neutral standpoint, but generally speaking, that intensity manifests as obsessive compulsive behaviors. It manifests as flexing power for the sake of power. Um, and Mars is like, hey, let's fight about it. Let's war about it. Let's freak out. Let's argue about it. Um, I want what I want and you can't stop me. Um, and so, you know, we can see the mix of this collection of stuff like pretty gnarly. Um, the, the symbolism of Venus being in this mix for me is very uh, Persephone, Proserpina, Isis, Isis, definitely Inanna, Ishtar, all of our goddesses that are going on their underworld journey stuff at this time of year are like, yup, I'm right here. And we are starting out in darkness. We're starting out, um, you know, without our tools, uh, without our capacity, without information. Um, you know, we don't, we can't find the handrail. We're just going down. And it feels intense. And Pluto is like, yeah, let's make it as weird and scary as possible. Um, you know, along with all of that stuff, um, Pluto is also squaring Mercury. Pluto is really sort of squaring that whole boy band down there. Um, Mercury, Sun, Moon, Venus, and the South Node. And then again, we have um, Mars, you know, in Gemini. And Mars is squaring Neptune and Jupiter who are hanging out at Jupiter's at zero degrees of Aries. Neptune's at 23 degrees of Pisces. And so the combination of all of this stuff feels like, um, false friendliness, uh, is now over. True colors start to show. Um, power shifts start to take place. People that are power conscious, and that's probably the most neutral way I can probably say Plutarchs, right? Um, despots um, are very comfortable acting in accordance with their vision of power right now. And so we can see power struggles. We can see defensiveness. We can see paranoia moving through all of this, especially with the square between Pluto and Mercury. That is a, a, a signature that can always produce a lot of paranoia. The Mars-Gemini situation adding to that, disinformation, misinformation, gossip, slander, um, purposefully putting information out in the world to frighten, to mislead, to stir paranoia um, and insecurity. Um, with Mercury square Pluto, we also get, um, you know, a, an increase in resentment, an increase in uh, us thinking about our trauma and our triggers and our activating points, uh, an increase in our compulsive behaviors, as I was saying before. Mars squaring Neptune equals super low energy. Mars represents our vitality. And Neptune is a, a planet that um, when it's aspecting things from a difficult angle, it really lends to a, a disassociation from the body and the physical plane. And so this is like sapping our physical energy and our, and our feelings of capacity to be able to do anything about this stuff. Um, Mars squaring Jupiter can uh, manifest as really weird surges of energy. So like feeling very like, 
lazy and weird and and maybe even lazy isn't the right word here but like downtrodden you know um and and you know having a really difficult time motivating ourselves on the physical plane and then suddenly having this really weird surge of like oh i'm gonna go get a bunch of stuff done but because of all of this other stuff it's like we're motivated to fight and then just lay on the couch the rest of the time or we're motivated to have a big argument or we're motivated to do a bunch of weird shit and um and you know also with neptune in that mix there's a real opportunity to want to escape this entire thing through substance use, substance abuse. And as we've talked about before, substance can mean a lot of different stuff. It can mean sex. It can mean shopping. It can certainly mean uh, drugs or drink or whatever. Um, it can even be doom scrolling. It can be, you know, pouring information into your brain as a means of escaping what's physically happening in your actual world. So, there's just a lot of fucked up stuff with this moon. <laughs> um, and, and so normally I would say that new moons are a really cool time for getting the new party started, getting the new cycle started, getting the new thing started. But this new moon is hugged up on that South node. And I think that, um, while we are still going to plant seeds because it is a new moon, um, the seeds that I think that we are planting here are kind of like the undoing of the past, the undoing of negative crap from that we haven't want to deal with up till now, basically. Um, the undoing of these really terrible power structures in the world. And as we've talked about before, even when we are cheering that work, even when we are striving for that work, it is still destabilizing the, the, the systems that our lives are built upon. And it can be very personally destabilizing. And so it can be very personally triggering. And we fall back into those incredibly defensive behaviors or um, greedy behaviors or myopic behaviors that are like, I've got to protect my thing. I've got to protect my stuff. Mar, 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 mar. That thing. Tough, tough stuff. So as I suggested last week, and I'm suggesting it again, this week for this new moon, what I think might be really potent is meditate, be at peace, take a bath, um, clear out stuff, clear off your altars and just let them sit empty. Maybe put a, you know, a couple of fresh flowers out for just peace and benevolence. Um, but watch some reruns on Netflix, just chill get some chores done around the house, a little busy work. Um, I would just honestly like leave the magic alone. And again, as I always say, first and foremost, listen to your intuition. Um, but you're also listening to me every week. So I guess, <laughs> um, and so this is what I'm telling you, you know, if you're asking, this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying is that I think that this is a week where really we are served by letting these energies just do their thing, keeping our head down a little bit, staying centered, staying grounded, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and also making sure that we are checking in with each other. Um, and don't overburden yourself. You know, don't check in with other people as a means of avoiding your own work, get your shit done. But also we have to take care of each other in this stuff and spells and rituals and potions and all of that stuff is really, really cool up to the point where a neighbor needs a meal cooked, 
that's the actual magic. Um, a neighbor or a friend needs a grocery run because they just can't get to it. That's the, that's the witchcraft this week. Um, you know, uh, donating to mutual aid funds, donating to groups like food, not bombs. That's literally the antithesis of war. Um, that's the real magic this week. And then next week we're going to be asked to step into some of that work even further. Um, as we, as we get closer to Samhain with our, our, our next moon phase that we're going to be working with. But this week, the real work, the real magic work is here in the physical world, taking care of each other. That's really, really what's up. Um, and, and that's my two cents on it. That's my opinion on it. I'm sure that there are other witches and astrologers and magical folks out there that are saying something similar. I'm sure plenty of people are saying something radically different. Um, some people are probably like, woo, it's spooky season, new moon in Scorpio. Fuck yeah, sexy, you know, whatever. Cool. That's the paradigm that they're in. Um, but I'm, I just don't see it. I'm not seeing it this week. Um, what I'm seeing is that the truest magic that we can do, the, the deepest witchcraft, the deepest, most reverential stuff that we can do is staying present and staying conscious of how tough shit is on earth right now and not abandoning each other in our fear. Just that, just, just that folks, that's it. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> Okay. Um, going out of order how we have been from the, from the rest of the weeks, but I'm just going to real quick go through the rest of the astrology for this week. So that is our new moon in Scorpio, uh, so partial solar eclipse, super exciting, wicked fun. Um, Wednesday, the 26th, we have Mercury in Libra trine Mars in Gemini at 25 degrees. Not a great time for trying to concentrate on stuff. This is a day after the eclipse. So I'm saying like, again, busy work, you know, keeping it cute, keeping it light, getting our chores done, checking in on our friends. Do you need me to pop over to the store and grab you something? Do you need me to pick up your kids from daycare? You know, can you help me with this thing? Don't forget to ask for help too this week. Okay. Don't make me come over there and get you because I will. Um, but it can be a great time for reinforcing, making and reinforcing our social connections. So checking in on your neighbors, checking in on the people in your life, checking in on your coworkers, don't overburden yourself, but also reach out and, and weave the tapestry people. We got to keep weaving the tapestry. And the number one thing here, don't jump to conclusions. Don't trade in gossip on this day. It's better to ask questions but keep your mouth shut at the same time, right? Or just like, wow, that's incredible. Boop, on to the next topic. <laughs> you know, like just let it go. Um, if you find yourself flipping out in traffic or getting really pissed off at somebody, what do we always say? Put yourself in timeout. Take a walk around the block, do some deep breathing, drink a cold glass of water, cool it down, come back from it. That's Mars, who's really, really spicy, about to station retrograde, wanting to have a tantrum. Not today, kid. Not on my watch. Okay. Um, Thursday, the 27th, we have the moon sliding into Sagittarius. Oh, and at, before, before we do all of that, let me go back to our lunar body work that I almost forgot to talk about for our lunar body work. Generally speaking, when the moon is in Scorpio, we are awakening, adorning, activating, stimulating, and preparing for action, the organs and the processes of pleasure, reproduction, and waste management, AKA sex and death. Again, I'm encouraging just 
being chill, taking care of yourself and moving through. Maybe that could be a cute day for some sex. If you're with a person that you feel like you can have some intense emotional experiences with, um, cause it might, it might go there. And for our plant body work, this is sometimes a day for planting, transplanting, or grafting um, our fruits and veggies and, and flowers and things like that that bear crops above ground, like corn, tomatoes, watermelons, zucchinis, and of course, all of our gourds that are coming into ripeness right around this time. Um, probably not a great day for planting, but this is a season of collecting seeds, and this is a new moon, right? So if we plant anything on this day, we might literally plant some seeds of any old kind of plant that represent peace, that represent um, civil rights, that represent um, celebrating the human spirit, that celebrate, um, you know, the, the, the one human race <laughs> that exists on this planet, that kind of stuff, really broad in its scope but very peaceful, benevolent, and loving as a, as almost a remedy to the gnarliness and the darkness that's floating through the air at that time. Okay. Now back to the 27th, our moon uh, moves into Sagittarius when we're working with our Sagittarius waxing moon for our lunar body work. We are activating, awakening, adorning, stimulating, preparing for action, the lower back, the sciatic nerve family, and the thighs. And as I say every week, I am not a doctor of the human corpus. I am a motherfucking witch, but that doesn't mean that I know anything about a uh, body health. So don't listen to me, a person yelling on the internet, go check in with your trusted health advisor. If you are wanting to incorporate any of this information into your health routine and always you can work with the metaphor of that stuff. So, you know, is there something that's on your back that needs to be taken care of, right? The sciatic nerve family runs from the lower back through our butts down into our legs. And that's the big hinge of our body, you know, and is there something about the, the way that the upper and the lower of you are or are not communicating to each other? Um, you know, as above, so below, or the above is in the below and the below is in the above. And so are we having that, right? <laughs> is that working for us? That kind of stuff. Also on this day, Thursday, the 27th, um, we are, oh, I guess, again, what am I saying? Um, Sagittarius, waxing moon, harvesting, pest control, disease control, plowing, weeding, and pruning to encourage above ground growth. Um, okay. Also on this day, Thursday the 27th, we have Mercury in Libra, square Pluto in Capricorn at 26 degrees. So this square that we see on the new moon becomes exact on Thursday. So you can see how this whole week kind of has echoes of funkiness. That's that's my <laughs> that's my EP that I'm working on, <laughs> echoes of funkiness. Look for that on SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> but this is a day where we might find ourselves super duper fixated on funky, gnarly, painful thoughts, painful experiences, um, stuff coming up from the past, all of that stuff. And when we have these moments with Pluto, there are opportunities for healing, but, and, um, first off, we have to get real with ourselves about what we're actually feeling before we can heal it first. And secondly, that's hard. 
and that's painful. And that is not a linear process. That's a two step forward, one step back kind of a thing. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, don't engage that. Let it go. It'll come around again. We will have plenty of opportunities. Mercury moves fast. It will have multiple conversations with Pluto. No problem. Um, you know, if you feel like you have the capacity for it, dive into your bullshit this week, um, especially on Thursday. But if you don't feel like you have capacity for it, don't push yourself. It's okay. Um, and then we move to Friday the 28th. And this is where we have our waxing crescent moon uh, in Sagittarius at 20 degrees. Um, and the waxing crescent is kind of that first urge after the seed. So some of that stuff that sort of presents itself or suggests itself at the new moon may start to kind of gel by Friday the 28th and sort of be like, so this is what we are actually working on in this lunar cycle in this next month. Here's what's up. Um, and again, just listen, sit with it, do journaling, talk to yourself, um, you know, be present with yourself, take care of yourself in that work. Um, but don't push yourself. We have all the time in the world to uh, hurt our own feelings. <laughs> no need to rush it. <laughs> Saturday, the 29th, of course, this is leading into Halloween weekend and Samhain weekend. Um, we have the moon stepping into Capricorn. We have Mercury stepping into Scorpio. And so when we have our moon in Capricorn, um, for our, um, you know, lunar body stuff, we are awakening, adorning, activating the hair, bones, nails, skin, teeth, all of that stuff is ruled by Capricorn. And, um, and so, you know, very cute timing, right. With all of our costumes, putting on some cute stuff. Um, but it might just be that you bust out like, you know, the hot oil treatment for your hair or a super fancy nail treatment for yourself or a super fancy skin treatment for yourself. All of those things are really appropriate for our plant body work. We are maintaining our containers, our borders, our fences, our beds, our structures. So if we want to do any magical work this week, this might be a really cute moon to do a little protection magic to reinforce the borders. You know what I'm saying? Around your house and around your person, your, your, your personal borders, all of that type of stuff. Of course, borders in the world are not real, but um, it can also be a very cute time to kind of check the containers for your plants, make sure everything's okay, all of that good stuff. Um, Mercury moving into Scorpio, just laying on with the Scorpio vibes, laying on with the spooky season vibes big time. And then Sunday the 30th, we have Mars stationing retrograde. Um, we've already talked about that a whole lot here on the podcast, but um, Mars is going to be retrograde until January 12th, 2023. Um, and this is just this, this next three months or so of, of this planet being in retrograde is going to be the time for us to ask ourselves, what are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? Is this worth the fight? Um, is this fight legitimate? Do, do, do I need to fight for this? Should I fight for this? Or should I stop fighting? Right? Uh, in some ways, there's a real blessing potentially to having Mars retrograde during this season of, of brewing war around our planet, because I think it's giving a lot of people an opportunity to go, wait a minute, what did I sign on to? 
what am I, what am I suggesting? What am I trying to support? No, I don't believe in this. Um, it may not actually play out that way, but, but we can certainly hope. Um, okay. And then the next day is the 31st and that's our next moon. And we will talk about that on next week's podcast. Okay. Um, that should be enough of that, I think. <laughs> and if it isn't, you know, get at me. Um, so now just very, very briefly, I'm going to look at some of the holy days of this week, as I've said multiple times, <laughs> because I am the queen of repeating myself. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff in the upcoming Samhain class on the 27th. Um, so this week, uh, is again, starting with our new moon solar eclipse, um, October 25th some of the holy days that we have this week, we have a Walked, which is the third women's healing festival, AKA melons on the vine from our Hopi friends and ancestors. Um, this is, uh, a women's basket dance, um, that includes prayers for health and fertility. Um, and there is fasting and praying and all of this stuff. And so it really comes along, um, uh, at the end of the harvest festival and also with a future mind to the next fertility cycle for humans and for the land, um, coming up after we move through the cold, wet weather and into the following spring. Um, also on this day, we have Vikram new year from our Hindu friends and ancestors. We have the feast of Proserpina from our Roman friends and ancestors, as well as, uh, the Isia, which is, uh, Rome's, version of the Isis underworld journey where she goes to find Osiris and, you know, has that very interesting adventure. Also on this day, we have, um, from our Greek friends and ancestors and Calende November from our Roman friends and ancestors. This is the beginning of the month because of course it is the new moon. Um, what else do we have this week? October 26th, we have the Day of the Ancients from our Bulgarian friends and ancestors. And as we move into um, Samhain season and deeper into fall, we are going to see more and more holidays that venerate the ancestors, aka older gods, um, as well as grandmas and grandpas and our human ancestors. Um, October 27th through November 3rd, we have the uh, Fesh of Tara from our Ireland friends and ancestors. And Fesh means sex and sexual union. And, um, and so this was kind of a, you know, sitting very nicely in our Scorpio season, right? In our Samhain season, sex and death um, being celebrated by, uh, by these deities and, and by our ancient pagan ancestors. October 28th through November 3rd, we have Makosh's festival from our Slavic friends and ancestors. And Mokosh or Makosh is a Slavic goddess um, that is a protector of women's work and women's destiny. She watches over the spinning and the weaving, uh, the shearing of sheep. She protects women in childbirth, very appropriate for this time of year. She is a mother goddess, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we will talk about that um, and her symbolism a little bit more in class. Uh, October 28th through November 23rd, we enter the uh, tree month of reed. And um, while we call it the tree month of reed, our Celtic ancestors sometimes called this the month of Nietl. Um, and it is also by modern pagans referred to as the elm moon month. Um, this entire month is a fantastic time for divination and scrying. Um, if you're going to do a seance, 
wait a few days after the <laughs> solar eclipse. Um, but in fact, you might just wait until the, the eclipse window is out of the way and then go ahead <laughs> with some of that stuff. Uh, but generally speaking, this is a great time to do it. Um, and reeds are uh, deeply intertwined and connected to the dead and uh, death symbolism. Um, a lot of folks felt that uh, they could hear the voices of the dead in the sound of wind blowing over broken reeds. Um, so lots of good stuff there. Okay. And uh, the last thing that I want to mention, oh yeah, we have some heliacal risings. So um, bouncing around a little bit, sorry, October 26th, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star Princeps. Uh, this is another star from the uh, constellation of the guardian or the protector Brotes, who we talked a lot about last week. So some of that energy is here with us this week. Um, and this star specifically is another marker of our capacity to protect and to be protected, right? Buotes talks about that idea of receiving the bounty and making sure that you are dispensing the bounty as well. Um, being protected and and also being the protector and to me all of that speaks very tightly to the work that we're being asked in our astrology this week around you know giving help to those who need it but also asking for help when we need it this week and making sure that we are weaving the tapestry with each other in terms of mutual support and all of that stuff uh, on the 27th, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star Sirma, and this is in the constellation of Virgo. Yeah, still, uh, still dealing with Virgo stars. Although when we, you know, when we correct for um, all of the stuff, it's not exactly in Virgo anymore. But you know, whatever. Um, and uh, this is another star that really speaks to heavy personal responsibility around um, the acquisition of spiritual power. And um, we have another star this week also here in Virgo, traditionally. Uh, on October 30th, we have the heliacal rising, the fixed star Kambalia. And together, these two stars really speak to this idea of, you know, the more of a spiritual person you are, the more of a powerful person you are, the more responsibility you have to wield it appropriately, and the more opportunities you have to fuck it up. Um, and so these two stars really ask us to witness where it is that we abuse our power, where it is that we step out of line, knowing that not a lot of people can necessarily call us on that. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and that, right. And conversely, an opportunity to look around at other people in the world who are wielding power and, um, uh, and, you know, and how are they stepping out of line? How are they inappropriately wielding it? Um, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, both of these, again, found in the traditionally in the constellation of um, Virgo. So those are just a real quick rundown of our holy days this week. And everything else that I would normally talk about, I'm going to talk about in the class. Our death, our card this week is death, um, but we're going to talk about that in the class. And... Uh, the magic that we might be doing in general, we would have a variety of suggestions here, but again, with the eclipse, I'm saying take a bath, watch some reruns, wipe off the counters and just take a deep breath. 
um, <laughs> sweep the floors and just prepare for stuff a little bit later. Um, and that, my friends, is basically it. I'm keeping to my word. It's going to be a shorty. Uh, I hope that I see you in class, which uh, <laughs> um, I know everybody has a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it is very energetically taxing. It's not all fun stuff. Um, but uh, if anything, maybe think of taking the classes as a treat for yourself, as an opportunity to invest in yourself. Um, again, the Samhain class free as a live stream on YouTube also on my, uh, will also be listed on my website probably. Um, and that's it. That's it. All right. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Remember to breathe. Okay. Blessed be.